You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast, an exciting edition of the ACC podcast. And a special edition, of course, where you're usually recapping games and doing previews and talking recruiting and all that sort of stuff. But today, we will be joined shortly by East Carolina head coach Mike Houston in an exclusive and in-depth one-on-one sit-down with the Pirates head coach. He's heading into his third year with the program, and we touched on a number of topics. Of course, we did our usual run through the roster for all the football diehard listeners out there. We also touched on the importance of finally being able to recruit in person again after the pandemic and the extended dead period. And we touched on all sorts of topics, uniforms, uh, COVID testing for the coming year, where the team stands as far as guys who are vaccinated, what that means for the coming season, expectations for the coming season, biggest needs uh, for ECU to win consistently in the American Athletic Conference and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, we got a lot to get to. Let's jump right into it. Here is our sit-down interview with Mike Houston from Tuesday morning in his office. You will hear it in its entirety, and it will wrap up the show. Uh, we'll be back later this week for a recruiting podcast special. It's a huge recruiting weekend for East Carolina in the 2022 class. But for now, here's head coach Mike Houston in our sit-down with the Pirates' third-year head coach. All right, I'm joined now by East Carolina head coach Mike Houston. And, Coach, uh, I think the last time I was in your office interviewing you, it was prior to the pandemic in spring of 2020. And I think a few days later, the whole thing got shut down. How do you kind of compare and contrast now, summer of 2021, to to that time? Well, I mean, you're getting ready to go through something that I hope we never have to go through again. Uh, Certainly the last – uh, year plus is, has not been a whole lot of fun for anybody uh, and hadn't been, you know, has not been ideal, obviously, for our program. But, um, you know, as, as you sit here today, I think you're, you're at a different place as far as just, you know, thankful, grateful, um, you know, appreciative of the time we have with the kids and appreciative of, uh, you know, some of the things that we have coming back that, uh, you know, we did without last year. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know that we're in a, a, a much better place than we were sitting there right then, but I think we're in a better place than we were uh, the time in the time span between the two meetings. So, yeah, it's been been quite a uh, quite a change uh, across the the world, uh, Coach. And it's so good that we cover recruiting, obviously, and hoist the colors to be able to to actually see you guys host visits again. I know you can't talk about specifics with recruiting, but it is a normal June, at least in terms of hosting visits, having camps, and Almost, you guys are making up for lost time. It seems like y'all are having multiple prospects every day. So, what, what's this this month been like getting back to normal and recruiting? Well, it's it's been great to have the uh, prospects back on campus, and there's just there's no substitute for it. And um, you know, with the new rules allowing us to work out, uh, you know, prospects that are here on unofficial visits. Um, you know, I think that's that's been very beneficial. It's been very uh, helpful with us in the evaluation process. Um, and then the numbers have been just you know through the roof at our camps and everything. So it's been a very very busy month uh, and not, not much downtime. But uh, you know after a, after a year and a half of downtime, you know we're excited to uh, be halfway back to normal. What's been the feedback of getting those recruits on campus and and just and also the, having the chance to work them out in person? You guys of course did that with camps before, but now actually being able to do it on your campus, what type of difference has that made? Well, I think the, the biggest um, the biggest thing is when they see East Carolina University in person, when they see Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in person, when they see our weight room in person, it's just they're they're kind of blown away by those things. You know, they don't expect it to be what it is, and you know, it's no different than anybody else. I mean, if you haven't been somewhere and seen some things, you may not appreciate it as much as after you've been there, and. Uh, so I think it's been an overwhelming positive uh, with, you know, both the official visits, the unofficial visits, and the camps. 
just the impression that our our institution leaves uh, on the prospects. And you know, certainly you mentioned being able to work the players out. I mean, I think that's been uh, it's been great just because you know you see stuff on film and. You know, yes, we signed a class last year without you know really ever meeting them, uh, but uh, you know you just you can't get the same things from Zoom that you can get in person. Just when you're evaluating physical ability and also you know character traits and just personality fit. This time of the year, as far as your your <coughs> own team, what what is allowed as far as obviously uh, you know whether it be time with the coaches in the film room or with, with the ball in the field? Uh, what all is allowed with you guys as a staff? So they're um, working with Big John and the strength and conditioning staff. Uh, for the month of June, they've been lifting and running four days a week. Uh, and then twice a week, they'll meet with the coaching staff, review film. Uh, we do some uh, position-specific uh, you know, footwork uh, fundamentals. Um, and then they've been uh, you know, doing player-led practices twice a week. And so that's you know, throughout, the, throughout the month of June as we transition – into July, you know, we're going to move to lifting and running five days a week uh, and three player-led practices a week. Um, you know, primarily it's, you know, some individual work, uh, Pascal, and then, uh, you know, some, you know, not team work, but uh, some fit stuff uh, with each side of the ball. So, um, you know, they're, they're pretty busy right now. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, some of them are taking class, some of them are not, uh, but it's, uh, you know, they're putting in a lot of time right now. Going into year three and, you know, some call it almost year two and a half after uh, the way 2020 transpired. But what growth did you notice specifically this spring, you know, from from the start of the spring to the end as far mm-hmm. as player development now that Big John's had a couple years with kind of the, the roster, the guys you've recruited? Do you feel like it's really starting to trend in the right direction from a roster perspective in terms of development? There's no doubt. You know, we had a, uh, a little cookout, team cookout Sunday evening and and the wives and the families came to that. And it's the first time our families have been around the players since before the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, the thing that, uh, you know, everyone said was, you know, we were so much bigger physically than we were, you know, in year one and even in year two. Uh, so I think the size development of our fronts uh, and even of our, you know, our stand-up uh, skill players uh, is drastically increased uh, to me the even more significant thing than that is just how much better team speed we have. Um, you know, that was, you know, those are the two big, um, you know, negatives with the roster. When I got here, we weren't very big and we did not have any team speed. Um, and you look now, I mean, we, we run very well. Uh, you know, we run comparable with the other teams in the American conference now, which that's been something that, uh, you know, was really difficult to combat there the first year and even last year a little bit. Um, and then, you know, our fronts are just, you know, continuing to, you know, we have depth and we have quality on both offensive and defensive fronts. So we're continuing to, to improve there. This question may uh, involve some of the same answers you just talked about. When you look at this, this job, East Carolina and the American Athletic Conference, what, what do you see as the biggest needs to have consistent success here is in terms of player uh, personnel or, or facilities, do, do you see any of those main needs still needing to be addressed, or do you feel like those are, are starting to be addressed? Well, I think when you when you look at facilities, I think the, the, the huge glaring uh, negative is the indoor practice facility. Um, it's something that, you know, I have to dance around with every virtually every recruit because, uh, you know, usually the other institutions we're going head-to-head with, they either have one or they're building one. And I mean, that's all of them. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're one of the few that don't. And uh, so it's a, it is a glaring negative. Um, people use it against us in recruiting. Uh, they use it as a, you know, uh, a sign of lack of commitment, uh, you know, from our institution. And, uh, you know, John Gilbert is aware and, uh, and he is, you know, spearheading and trying to get that addressed as quickly as possible. But, you know, we certainly need to do it. Uh, sooner rather than later and uh, you know this is something coach McNeil uh, was pushing for during his tenure and so uh, you know we need to kind of quit wasting time go ahead and get it done Um, you know you you could you you would also say you know probably a football building uh, but until you have an indoor practice facility you know really there's there's no other need that uh, trumps that Um, you know with our with our team 
I think it's just continuing to to you know recruit well and develop and build. Uh, we have a very solid foundation with our roster right now. We have depth across the board at every position. We have quality players at every position, and so I think the next thing is you know we are we do have a roster that's going to be competitive in the American Conference, uh, but you know that's you know we don't we don't come here with a vision of just being competitive. So I think it's continuing to upgrade our ability, upgrade our size, upgrade our speed. You know, continuing to do that through A, development, and then through B, recruiting. Um, you know, because, you know, the goal here is to compete for conference championships. The goal here is to go to bowl games. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting there pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, we got to continue to push to try to improve. When you look at last year, you guys had to deal with the COVID testing all year. Obviously, the smaller crowds, it seems like at this point that you know, knock on wood, barring something crazy, that there will be full capacity crowds allowed. Have you guys gotten any clarification on if y'all will still need to go through all the testing protocols, or is that still to be determined in terms of the season? What we've been told at this point is that um, all vaccinated individuals uh, will not have to go through any of the COVID protocols uh, this fall. Uh, the only way that uh, a vaccinated individual would be tested is if they started showing symptoms. Um, and at this point right now, today, as I sit here, um, we have 126 on the roster for this fall, and we have about 15 at the max um, that are not fully vaccinated. And so, and, and of those, there's a, a lot of those that, you know, are waiting till mid-July or something like that. So I think you're going to look and you're going to have 99.9% .9 of the roster uh and coaching staff and all that uh, fully vaccinated for the fall. So I, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. And how much do you feel like that? You know, everybody go through it, but the, the mental and just the mental toll it took on guys having to get tested, what, three times a week and, and kind of have to deal with that constantly. And then on top of the demands of being a student athlete, do you feel like that return enormously could help guys and the coaching staff also – relax a little bit I mean I know once you guys get in the season there's not much relaxing but just kind of that return enormously a little bit well I mean it's just it's just one additional factor that you know added stress to the daily lives of the student athletes and uh you know you, you talk about the testing but also I mean you had some that were you know contact traced where they were you know did you know multiple 14-day quarantines and you know if they tested positive then it's a two to three week you know process getting them back and you know, you 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 struggle to stay in shape and stay fresh and stay sharp in a normal year, and uh, you start throwing those factors in. You know, we never were you know in a great place with you know physical conditioning continuity. You know, even at the end of the year when we were playing so well, you know, you were missing some guys in every game we played all last year. So uh, I think just not not having to deal with that added stress and that added mental toll of all the things that went along with COVID um, is certainly going to be refreshing. All right, I got to ask you about the uniforms. I get asked about them <laughs> more than any uh, other topic. I don't know what you can say, but uh, there there will be new uniforms this year. Um, is that something that you guys will, will show to the public at some point in the preseason or just debut them? But what's kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's – Per our Adidas contract, you know, this was a year where we got a new home and new away uh, uniforms. So um, those are all in. Uh, the last uh, the last jersey didn't get into last week. And so um, we're going to do a little uh, uniform reveal with the team on Thursday. Uh, and then we're going to, uh, you know, work with Creative Media doing a, you know, a photo shoot, some video, something uh, that we'll, we'll release to the general public sometime in July. But, you know, marketing is working on all that stuff. But, you know, the kids are excited about it. And I'm going to let – I'm talking to our leadership group this afternoon, and I'm letting them kind of plan out what they want to do as far as, uh, you know, kind of a reveal kind of deal and, and let them have some fun with it. But, uh, you know, it's – it's everybody's kind of excited about it, and it's you, we all know that you know the uniforms don't make the players and don't make the team. It's it's what you do in the uniforms. So, but it's uh, you know this time of the year, it's 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 something good to uh, you know bring some uh, excitement and attention. All right, let's hit on some team stuff. Uh, we'll go kind of position by position in a second. But first, I wanted to talk about just the offense as a whole. Donnie Kirkpatrick returning uh, his third year as offensive coordinator. 
and we've kind of seen some growth there, especially last year in the running game. Um, and then and I think we all kind of saw what we envisioned maybe in that SMU game to close the year. Just where, where do you kind of evaluate the offense overall at this point uh, going into year three of your tenure? Well, I mean, I think that uh, I think we will be much improved over last year. I think it is um, night and day over year one just because, um, you know, just depth and, and talent. I mean, uh, the experience is another factor as well. But, you know, you return uh, a lot of experience up front on the offensive line. For the first time since I've been here, we have quality, too deep uh, depth. Um, you obviously have a, a tremendous amount of experience coming back at quarterback. Uh, and then, you know, we're all excited about, uh, you know, the, the, the two running backs. I'm really excited about our receiving core, whether it's tight ends, inside receivers, or outside receivers because it's not just one guy, you know. I think uh, across the board you have, you know, a lot of guys that can make plays. And so, you know, you look at year one, you know, Holton, you know, one, was not protected great. Two, did not have, you know, a lot of weapons. Um, now, all of a sudden, we have a legitimate running game. I have two backs that I think are as good as anybody in the league. Uh, and we have – people at all the stand-up positions to where you know Holton's Holton's going to be protected protected this year we're going to be able to run the ball this year uh, and he has guys that can do something with the ball in their hands so you know he just got to do a great job of, of distributing the football. Quarterback wise uh, you touched on Holton there and we talked about it during the spring but he looked like he kind of slimmed down was trying to maybe make the, the running game his explosiveness more of a factor uh, is that something you would ideally like to see taken advantage of more this year or is that just kind of dictated more by the opponent well i mean he's i mean he's down to his i was talking to him the other day about it he's down to his lowest weight since high school so uh he's in the low 220s and is running as good as he has since i got here um you know and i, th I think it's i think yes i think we need to take advantage of his ability to run in the in some with some designed quarterback run uh deals but the other thing that you know he was so uh, good at his first year that uh, I, I think that uh, is something you really want to see from him now is, you know, when when things kind of, you know, break down or a plays, you know, just not there, instead of forcing the ball, uh, use his feet, you know. Uh, and it's, there's so many times during the spring we went back and, and, and looked at some stuff that, that he, he could have made big plays with his feet when, you know, something wasn't there in the passing game. So, I think uh, obviously, you know, with the you know the quality you know backs we have back there, they're going to demand a lot of attention. So I think the better job we can do of just having another threat with him running the ball uh, is going to make you know our offense that much more uh, you know difficult to defend. We've talked about the the young quarterbacks behind Holton. Uh, it seems like forever now. As far as them being young guys, they still are young guys. They yeah. haven't played a whole lot, but um, the development of that room, those guys got pretty legitimate reps at times during the spring how, how much did you see them grow and um you know specifically mason ryan and, and alex uh, going into their you know second year as far as flynn maybe his third year as well well i think you know the growth is you know significant uh for all of them uh and you know when you talk specifically with mason you know he started the game against navy last year and he'll tell you that there were times he would drop back and he was unsure what the route combinations were going to be. And which, and then you factor in the first time with live fire. You know, I think he's come a long ways conceptually with our, with our offense. Um, and, you know, he's, he's really in a good place physically right now. He, I mean, he's weighing 242 pounds, but he's a very trim 242 uh, at just under 6'5". So, um, you know, physically he has all the tools. That that was, will never be the issue with him. And I think he's improved very much with his comprehension of the offense. You know, and the thing is, we, you know, we're going to get him some experience this year. Uh, he had some experience last year. You know, hopefully it's going to be a situation where it's, you know, when we have the ability to do it, uh, you know, and resting Holton. Uh, you know, you'd like to see Holton have a great, great finish to his career you know this year and if he chooses to to return his senior year then uh that'd be great uh but we want mason garcia ready and i told holton this is one of your jobs is make sure mason's ready whenever you're you're done here at uh, east carolina and so um, i think that's just kind of the plan for us right now 
Uh, running back wise, uh, you know, Rajay and, and Keaton basically have two starters and one, and they had such good freshman seasons. How do you make sure maybe they're they're not satisfied with that and kind of the, the pub that they've been getting? And what what's the next step for those two guys? Well, I mean, I, I, I do, you know, think that I they both are as good as anybody in this league. And uh, and that being said, um, I've really cautioned Rajay about, you know, how do we avoid the sophomore slump? You know, just you see it so many times when a player has a great freshman year. You saw it with CJ. Uh, and, you know, they maybe lose just a little bit of edge, maybe just a little bit of drive, and they just have a, you know, a big drop off that second year. And so it's something that uh, I've met with Rajay uh, and – Coach Foster's met with Rajay, and, and we're constantly talking to him about and just, you know, making sure that we see him grow and improve this year. Uh, now, Keaton, you know, did not have quite as much attention, even though he had a very solid freshman year. Uh, and I think, you know, to a degree, he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And uh, I think that, that that chip on his shoulder is, I mean, he is having a great summer. Uh, he is bigger, stronger, and faster than he was a year ago. I mean, his Physically, he looks just, you know, a lot different than he did when he got here. Um, and the one thing they both learned, though, is, you know, the season's a long season. And wear and tear on a running back, you know, it's – it's we need two. We're going to need more than two. You know, we're going to need, uh, you know, a lot of guys there in that room to, to step up because, you know, the season, the season takes a toll on you. When you look at the, the depth behind those guys, uh, you added a few new names. Pop McKay, I saw that he is uh, in school now. How excited about him? And then what do you see as far as the depth uh, also behind uh, those two guys along with Pop? Well, I mean, it's, it's good to finally have Pop here. Uh, today's the first day that he got to work out. Uh, he's been itching. They finally cleared him last night medically. Uh, and so today, you know, he had his first day in the in the, in the the weight room and on the field running. Um he is a big, good-looking athlete, um, and he's, you know, he's a football guy. I don't know that he cares about a whole lot else besides besides football. So, it's going to be exciting to get him out there and 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 start working with him now. But, uh, you know, we have you know a couple of guys returning. You know, DJ Austin and, and Asa Barnes, who were in the program last year. Um, you know, Jamani Wilson. Uh, you know, as a as a guy that transferred in from Marshall that has a lot of God given ability. Um, you know, the the only issue with those guys, you know, once you get past Rajay and Keaton is they are all really, really young. Keaton and Rajay are young, but they are experienced. You know, these guys, you know, it's it's just it's gonna take some time to bring them along. Um, you know, one guy that we moved to running back, um, you know, permanently now, uh, going into the the summer is Macy O'Donnell, and you know, he's not a very big guy, but he is a guy that has you know has some athleticism, has some speed, uh, good hands. You know, he he is an older guy, and we did that just because you need some some experience uh, behind Rajay and Keaton. Moving to the receiver position, um, ton of names up, up there, and, and obviously some familiar names: C.J. Johnson, Audio Matosho, Tyler Sneed. Kind of get the headlines, um, but but when you look at the depth of that group, it seems like there's a lot of talent, a lot of opportunity, and there will be a lot of competition uh, this preseason. To kind of see how it shakes out beyond uh, maybe the guys we know. Yeah, I mean, you talk about those three, and obviously they're the three you know most experienced returning players, and. Um, and, and, I, and I think that they're all three poised to have a really good year. Uh, you know, everybody always asks me about CJ. Um, you know, CJ's bothered by, you know, his performance last year. And he's he's in good shape physically right now. He's running well. Um, you know, people forget, you know, this this is the first offseason CJ's ever had. So, you know, he is going to really benefit from this. But Audie, uh, you know, is, is I, I look at Audie as kind of just a veteran leader. Um, you know, we want to see him be more consistent. Uh, if he can be consistent, you know, catching the football and making plays, certainly he's going to be a significant threat. Um, you know, Tyler Sneed, I think, is in, I think is as good as anybody in the league at the slot position, uh, and you, we expect him to have a big year. But you're right. I mean, you get past them, and you're really excited about those next guys, you know, whether it's Taji Hudson, you know, hopefully Josiah Hatfield. You know, you see him come through. And finally, you know, produce uh, the way I know he has the ability to do. We're excited about the young guys, Tyler Savage, uh, you know, 
Jari Patterson, uh, you know, another guy from Marshall who has as much ability as, as really anybody in that receiver room. Um, and Kerry King, you know, I was, I was very pleased with Kerry this spring, and I think he's got a chance to get on the field and play for us this fall. He's working very hard this summer, and you know, he and I've you know had some very honest talks. That is, you know, he does he does some did some good things in practice this spring. He's got to go out on the field and do it in a game setting this fall. And uh, you know, so excited about the the quality depth that we have, you know, right there in the receiver room. You guys add, uh, you mentioned Patterson as a transfer, uh, Tyree Saunders from Virginia Tech, and also Ray Rose. So some transfers there uh, from, from notable schools and, and pretty big recruits out of high school. So what was that process like of, obviously they're coming in to compete, not guaranteed anything, but adding that depth to the to the receiver room? Well, you know, the good thing is we don't need them to be the guy today. And uh, I think that uh, Ray and Tyree both have, you know, ability. Um, they both are going to need some development, um, but you know, you have enough quality depth in front of them to where you know you can you can one you know develop them you know without throwing them out there before they're ready, uh, and two it's going to make them earn it. You know it's the, there's no cakewalk to a starting spot or even getting on the field here, uh, really at any position across the board, but especially at the receiver position. Uh, tight end wise, we were talking about it uh, before we we came on the air. Just the transition and the uh, overall uh, depth of that room compared to when you first took the job. It's it really is night and day. Um, how happy are you with that position? Adding a few transfers and also returning several guys and a guy who who made a position change. But y'all really do kind of have a little bit of everything at that position right now. Yeah, I, I really like that room. I think that that room is going to be a significant contributor. Uh, both in the run game and the pass game for us this year. And you look at Shane Calhoun, and I think he's got a, a chance to be a, a really top-end tight end. I think he can be an all-conference caliber player one day. And uh, you know, he's still got some improvement to make. He's still young, but I thought he made significant strides this spring. He's making significant strides with his body. Uh, and he's, you know, he's one of those that's a, a driven, you know, work hard, you know, I never have to worry about him off the field. I mean, he's just, he's what you want in your program. Uh, you know, if, if, if you could say that you want this, this set of character traits, he's what we want. And uh, so I think he's set to have a big year. But, you know, you, you, you talk about a couple of the guys that uh, we brought in. Aaron Jarman, I think, is going to be a, a, a really significant contributor. Uh, he's you know, the big inline blocker tight end that we you know have really wanted uh, in our offense that we didn't really have in our offense. Uh, and then Ryan Jones is you know an interesting guy because um, you know he is an elite athlete. Um, he's an older player, but he's young to the position, and he, he's shown his athleticism in, in everything he's done. Um, he's doing a much better job with just, you know, being a good teammate and, you know, functioning within our culture. Uh, he struggled a little bit with that when he first got here. And, and so we had to, you know, we had to ha be pretty firm with him. Uh, but he's responded positively to that and, uh, and is doing a good job of, you know, you know, fitting in with the guys. So I just think you have a lot of diversity in that room. You know, Brian Gag, I thought, did, did better than I think anybody anticipated him to with the the position move this spring and I think there's a place for him in the offense he has a lot of savviness to him he's shown some physicality and toughness uh and and he he is a guy that's accustomed to you know having the ball in his hands so he's you know, he's going to be a guy that's you know able to do some stuff you know Zach Bird I'm a little you know he he, he needs to he needs to put football as more of a priority is my big my big talk to him if he if he's got ability uh, and there's opportunity there, but uh, you know now all of a sudden if he wants to play, he's going to have to work his butt off, and uh, so you know that's been the challenge to him. So I really like the room. Offensive line wise, before we kind of get into some of the guys, um, any update? We always ask about Noah Henderson, the you know his back injury, and also I know Fry missed some time, and uh, Winstead was at least out there some in the spring. I know he didn't practice, but any update on those guys as far as injuries? Well, Peyton um, has, unfortunately, he's had to go ahead and go the medical DQ route. Um, he's still here with us. I mean, he's with us every single day. And he's going to be more of a student assistant helping Shank with the offensive line. 
uh, certainly a high character guy and a lot of energy and leadership. So we want him around while he finishes out his degree, but he's not going to be able to play anymore. Uh, Fernando's fully cleared. He's doing great. I mean, he's doing everything uh, under the sun. Don't anticipate any hiccups with him and, and should be ready to go at the beginning of fall camp. So um, Noah is progressing positively. You know, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, we're really starting to put a lot back on Noah physically, uh, and he's, he's you know, a little bit more every week, and he's continuing to progress. So will he be there on the field playing for us this fall? You know, can't say for sure right now, but he's doing the most right now that he's done since 2019. Would you guys still like to add a, a late transfer there? Are you pretty happy at this point with the depth? And obviously if Noah could get back, that would be almost a, almost like a transfer in itself in some ways. Well, I mean, I think if, if you're able to find the right guy, um, you would certainly take one. But um, I'm happy with what we have, and I don't think it's something that we have to have. Uh, and, and, you know, right now with, you know, the counter issue is, you know, I'd, I, it would have to be somebody that we could really depend on. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see us taking somebody just to take somebody when, you know, we're, we're happy with our, our recruiting board. Uh, you know, for next year. And so um, I, I would just put us right there. Yeah. Uh, and then the for the first time in a while, it feels like a lot of experience, a lot of depth returning up front. And, <clears throat> you know, you kind of look at some of the names. Bailey Malovic played a lot last year, really his first time as a starter. Justin Chase, even though he was an older guy, really got the first playing time of his career. Um, just so many guys, especially tackled Nashad Strother, who played some guard and tackle. You know, when you look at kind of just the, the versatility of, of the line as a whole, Avery Jones, another guy who came in and was a first-year starter, how happy are you with that group's experience? Well, I mean, I, I think you look at it, it was probably the the, 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 two, the two fronts were the weakness of the program when I got here. And, and I just remember that first year, you're, you're shuffling people around. You're, it's like, you know, playing the shell game, trying to get five, you know, to put on the field each week. And, you know, as you and I sit here and look at it, I mean – you know, you have quality depth across the board at every position, and you have a lot of guys that have played multiple positions, have experience in multiple positions now, so that even more enhances your depth. So um, I think it's the best front we've had since I've been here. Uh, I think it's you, you have a combination of good size, good experience, good ability. Um, you know, do we, do we need to continue to improve it? Absolutely. And I think Noah, if we were able to get him back on the field, that would certainly do that. But you, know, you just look at Bailey Malovic. I mean, he, he played last year. I can tell you now, he played last year at like 245 pounds, you know, which is which is insane. Uh, but you know, as we sit here today, he's he's at 290, and I mean, is eating like crazy. So I mean, I do anticipate him probably being around 300 pounds uh, for the season this fall, and it's still moving very very well. I mean, he 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 doesn't has no belly. He holds the weight really well. So you know the improvement like that you see with everybody you know it's you know some of them it's it's being a little more trim with the Avery Jones and Bailey Malovic it's being bigger um and you have guys that have significant experience like Sean Bailey and Fernando Fry and and so just it's really given us a lot of competition a lot of depth uh and much better ability than we've had uh you know the previous two seasons uh, defensive line, really the, the same story in many ways, although you are still fairly young there across the board. Um, what, what to talk about, you know, Rick uh, DeBru, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, really a strong first year as a starter last season. I know you missed some time this spring, but is he a guy that you kind of look at as a, you know, a difference maker up front? I know that you're still developing a lot of those guys, but he looked like he could potentially grow into that last year. Yeah, and he, you know, he's back completely healthy now, so he's uh, you know, he's a guy that's got significant experience and, uh, you know, played played as a freshman, then played a lot last year, was probably our, our most uh, consistent playmaker on the defensive front. Uh, and the thing, you know, he's sitting there at, you know, right around 270 pounds, but he's really, really trim. He's in probably the best shape of his life right now. And and so he's a guy that, number one, we expect a lot a lot from him this fall. But number two, he gives us so much flexibility because he can play anywhere across the front. So you're going to see him in a variety of places. And, you know, that allows us to get some of those other guys on the field. So, you know, my first year, I think we played 
we played maybe five guys up front all year. Uh, you know, you're going to see us play, you know, eight, nine guys uh, consistently across the board uh, up front this year. So really excited about that group. And when you look at some of the some of those second year freshmen, they're all similar in some ways, different in some ways. But but what do you, what do you think separates them at the end of the day? Because I mean, I guess you can't play fifteen guys on the same game day. You can obviously play play a lot of them. But what do you think will separate them? And what is Coach Tesh looking for, especially on the interior? Well, I think the thing that's going to separate them is just you know how how consistent do they you know do their job? You know. Are they able to control a gap, be disruptive? You know, just how consistent are they? Uh, because you do have a lot of competition. And it's it's great because, you know, now you're not in a situation where, well, he plays because there's nobody else. Because that's – I went through that in 2019. You had nobody else. So you had to play – you know, Alex Turner should not have been sitting there playing 96 snaps in a game. I mean, there's no way he's going to be effective. I love Alex. He was a great player for us. But if he would have been playing 50 or 60 snaps a game instead of 96, he would have been a much better player. And so I think it's just going to be the combination of who shows the most consistency, who you know plays with the most you know competitiveness, the most physicality, and the one that's the most disruptive. And those are the traits that really you know stood out about Rick last year. You just you know you need more guys coming along that can be impactful. And so. Really excited to see, you know, how, how these guys, you know, develop through the summer and, and preseason camp. And, you know, last year we threw them out there and played them as true freshmen. Well, they've got all that experience now. And so, you know, really, you know, want to see them take that next step. Uh, defensive end and uh, the rush position, kind of two edge positions that I know you guys are looking for, for more uh, pass rush out of. You brought in Coach Douse to work with those guys. Uh, made a big position change with Jeremy Lewis going from tight end to uh, outside linebacker. What, what did you see from Jeremy uh, this spring, and, and do you hope that he can make an impact this year? You know, with Jeremy, I mean, I think he showed athleticism this spring. It, it was pretty evident that he will immediately upgrade the position. He's just got to stay healthy and stay on the field. You know, that's been the only the only knock on Jeremy is just that. You know, it's been staying healthy and staying on the field. Um, you know, it's not a deal where he's the only one where he has to play every snap. So, you know, he shouldn't, you know, have you know a ton of wear and tear on him. Um, so hopefully he can. Uh, and so I think there he, he does bring a guy that should be a factor off the edge. And then what else do you see from that position as far as guys who have upside long term or, or can make an impact this year? Same type of deal where there's a lot of young guys kind of competing to see who, who will emerge there. Well, I think when you look at the rush, I mean, you, Chad Stevens has the ability. Uh, with him, it's like we talked about with those other interior uh, D linemen. It's, you know, being consistent. Uh, and, you know, it's it's the situation where it's, it's, it's time for him to do it. You know, just being consistent, being coachable, uh, you know, showing that toughness, you know, down after down. He has the ability, and so he could be a factor there if, if he can show that improvement and, and continue to mature. Um, you know, I think when you look at when you look at the other position, the the field end position, I think Manny Hickman has improved so much. Um, he's a steady guy right there. Should you know should be a guy that plays a lot of snaps for us this fall. He's working very very hard on his body. He knows he knows he's got to continue to improve physically. Um, but you know, just you know, having a mature guy that's dependable and reliable uh, is is going to be just that, that's going to be what he brings and just. You know, continue to see him develop as a playmaker, and then what's after that is just you know really it's kind of like the interior, who comes along that can show the most consistency with you know their impact on the field you know down after down uh, because you have some young guys you know whether it's Kareem Stinson or Elijah Robinson or Travion Freshwater, uh, but who can develop to be that guy that consistently uh, contributes right there. The good thing is. You know, not only do you have guys there, you also have some position flexibility with some other guys in the defense to move around uh, to possibly play there as well. And then uh, with the inside linebacker group with Coach Harrell, he's going into his second year, not only as a D coordinator, but coaching that group. And uh, with COVID, you guys got Bruce Bivens and Aaron Ramsour back for another year. Uh, I know you recruited Jacoby Simpson, able to come in and play right away as a Juco kid. Now he is a a chance to provide depth uh, as a talented player. But 
uh, Miles Barry, Xavier Smith, another group with a, a lot of depth and, and maybe your most experienced group uh, defensively. Yeah, I mean, I think that group gives you a lot of flexibility because you really have, I mean, you have four or five guys that you could see starting right there. And, you know, so I think that's where, you know, you're going to see, you know, Coach Harrell, you know, we're not going to just play two linebackers. You're going to see us play a lot of those guys together. And so that's what we've been working on this summer is just different ways to get, you know, multiple guys on the field because, you know, between Bruce, Aaron, Miles, and Xavier, you know, they're older, they're experienced, uh, they have ability. So, you know, you're, you're going to be able to get those guys, you know, on the field together, which is going to make you more athletic. Moving into the secondary, uh, the, the Sam linebacker, you know, nickel position, I think it's one of the more intriguing positions on the team just because of the personnel there you know Jaira had such a good year last year Stringer's coming back from injury uh, Demetrius Mooney played there in the spring after moving over from offense how do you kind of handicap that position uh, at this point well I think it's I think it's improved a lot um, you know Jaira did have a solid year last year we've challenged him to, to be more consistent and be a, a more steady playmaker there um, Gerard Stringer really had a good spring uh, and I'll tell you that's a kid that you know, he wasn't, he was injured, but he was also, he wasn't in the doghouse. He was underneath the doghouse just from, you know, he was, you know, caught up in a lot of the things that were, you know, a problem in this program when I got here. And he has done a great job of turning himself around character-wise, uh, work habit-wise, and competitiveness. You know, he, he did a good job competing this spring. So I think you got two guys right there that have a chance to, uh, you know, be consistent players for you. Demetrius Mooney is a guy that made a position change uh, over from offense, and you know he's another. He brings a different skill set than those first two. You know, he's uh, he, he's he's more of. I mean, I'm telling you, he. We got to find a way to use him schematically to do the things that he can do because there's two things he can do: he can run and he can hit, and and he does. I mean, to the extreme. So uh, he's different than Jaira and Gerard. So I just I, I like the combination of those guys right there. And then the, the safety position, uh, another position with a lot of depth. I mean, I know that it, it was a point of emphasis to kind of address safety, uh, the depth there at Sam. Um, and you guys do that with the addition of DJ Ford from North Carolina. You bring in a couple of other JUCO guys. Uh, you bring back two starters in Warren Saba and Sean Dorso, and, and Juwan Powell seemed to have a really good spring. So um, another position that seems to have a lot of competition. Yeah, and, you know, it's you look at our secondary, we did, we, we did not run well at all uh, in 2019. And, it's, and there was – you had no depth. And so literally you were playing guys because you had to play them kind of deal. Uh, now you you have good speed across the board at every position, and you have a ton of depth. And so, you know, one is you're going to have to practice your tail off in order to get on the field uh, at safety, and uh, well, really everywhere in the secondary. Uh, and then two, just like we were talking about with the D line, it's not a situation where you're sitting here playing a guy for 90 snaps. You know, you're going to be able to play a lot of guys back there and stay fresh. So, you know, we finally run on the back end the way the other teams in this league do. So, you know, just really excited about, you know, just every one of those names up there, you know, from the older veteran guys to even the, the, the young guys that are still developing, just excited about all of them and think that, you know, there's a lot of guys that have a role in this team. Sometimes with transfers, they can come in and not, you know, acclimate so quickly. It seemed like DJ Ford really – hit the ground running, had very little issue, you know, fitting in with the team, fitting in with the defense right away. What Do you kind of agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, he's already a member of our leadership group. I think the guys, he's elevated the work ethic and the just professionalism of that entire safety room and the secondary. Um, and he's just such a quality human being, you know, high character, great work ethic, uh, it's, you know, everybody, you know, he, he pops when he walks in the field. It's, we had, you know, 600 and some kids on campus last Saturday for the for our 717 deal in the prospect camp. He's out there walking around with his shirt off, and every coach on that field is asking, who is that? And so when you tell them that's your safety, they're just like, holy cow. And so uh, I just think he's been a great addition to not only the, the team on the field, he's been a great addition to our locker room.
Wrapping up the defense with a look at the corners. Um, three guys that played a lot of football for you last year in Malik Fleming, Jaquan McMillan, Nolan Johnson. How much confidence does that give you going into this year with, with corners with experience and then kind of the depth behind them? Uh, how do you see that shaking out as far as the competition goes? Well, I mean, it's it, it's like so many of the positions on defense. We finally have depth. And, uh, you know, Malik Fleming and Jaquan McMillan, you know, I, I, I always say that's my two gun dogs. You know, they they have the identity that we want our defense to have. And it's, you know, they're not the biggest guys in the world, but those two don't back down from anything. And they are great competitors. They're high-character guys. You know, they're great leaders. You know, they they challenge everybody else to keep up with them. And, you know, it's, it's just so refreshing to have, you know, guys that, you know, are your, your starters and your, your leaders that have those attributes because they elevate everybody around them. And, you know, they've elevated Nolan. And I thought, I thought Nolan had a solid year last year. I think Nolan is poised to really have a great year for us this year. He's worked so hard. Uh, he, he looks as good as he has since I got here, just a big, strong, fast athlete. And so, uh, you know, those three I really expect a lot out of. I think Demel Hickman, uh, the only negative on him last year was staying healthy. You know, he's another one that's improved drastically uh, and have been elevated by, you know, those those uh, those first two I mentioned. You know, Sean Tucker uh, and C.J. Crump are young guys that, uh, you know, I think are going to be, uh, you know, guys that will contribute down the road at some point. Uh, I think that you'll see one or the other contribute this year uh, but, you know, again, they're going to have to fight to get on the bus. Uh, and then you have some other guys there uh, that, uh, you know, have a chance to contribute also that, uh, you know, it's just it's a deal like we talked about at receiver. They don't have to come in and play right now. Uh, so you can bring them along a little bit slower, and they're going to have to earn their, they're going to have to earn their keep. Uh, oh, lastly, with special teams, you know, two scholarship punters still at this point with John Young and Luke Larson. How do you see – you know, what what differentiates those guys from one another in terms of their skill set to where you can both use them? Uh, and then obviously there will be a, a open competition to kicker, I assume, with Jake Verity moving on. Yeah, so, you know, we we joke about it. John wasn't supposed to be here right now. You know, he, he he's back because of the COVID deal, and uh, I'm glad he's back. Uh I, th- I thought he had a great spring. Uh, I think he is he- – he's driven, you know, by, I think, Jake, you know, having the opportunity to play professionally. I think John wants to try to, uh, you know, have the kind of year to give himself that opportunity. Uh, and he's also driven by just, you know, wanting to finish off his career at a, at a real high note. So, um, you know, Luke, uh, I thought he probably was hurt by COVID and the quarantine uh, and American food a little bit, so uh, he put on a little bit too much last year. Uh, but uh, he's worked very, very hard on his body to get some get some weight off that uh, he doesn't need to be carrying around. So I think you're going to have a really you're going to have a competition right there for the starting punter. Um, you know, both of them have the ability to uh, you know to to be a, a really solid traditional punter. I think with Luke, you also have the rugby aspect uh, that we used some last year very effectively. Uh, so I, I see us continuing to, uh, you know, have a competition, but I would expect probably both of them to play this year. Um, you know, at the place-kicking spot and at the long-snapping spot, you know, you're going to have a lot of competition right there. It's an open competition for the starter at both positions. Uh, and to be honest, they're all competing for a scholarship. So uh, n- none of them have a scholarship right now. Uh, I've been very honest with all of them. You know, the guy that comes in and shows that he's the guy and does the job, you know, we'll, we'll award them with a scholarship at the appropriate time. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. To wrap up uh, this podcast, uh, you know, obviously a lot of excitement, I think, around the team, the state of the roster. You know, if there's any Pirate fans out there on the fence about, hey, after COVID, should I get back on the train, sign up for season tickets, what would be your message to the to the ECU fan that, you know, maybe has witnessed some struggles with the football program, is kind of on the fence. What, what do you think is, is a message for those fans to why they should come watch this team this year? Well, I mean, I, I think that if you look at, you know, what we all walked into in 2019 and the, the, the program just had, you know, a lot of unrest and no stability and, and the roster was not in very good shape, um, you know, all you have to do is spend just a little bit of time watching our kids uh, and you have to be excited. 
You know, number one, there's a bunch of them. And you know, our roster has depth, and there's a lot of them. Two, they play hard. They play with a lot of energy, and we have ability. So, you know, it's after kind of the the dark days that some Pirate fans have been through, you know, there's a, there's a lot of optimism and excitement around our program. And, you know, these kids are going to go out and compete. We're going to be highly competitive this year, and we're going to be significantly improved from last year. So uh, my thing would be is, you know, why wouldn't you – uh, get back in the stadium. You've been sitting at home on your couch for a year, so uh, you know nothing would be better than to have fifty-one people, fifty-one thousand people out here to watch uh, these guys, uh, you know, represent uh, East Carolina University and our football program the way we all want it represented. Coach, appreciate the time so much on today's edition of the Hoist of Colors podcast. It always means a lot when you take the time to sit down and run through everything. So we appreciate it. No, I appreciate you and appreciate our fan base because you know it's. I came here because this place has a passionate following, and uh, just appreciate the, you know, the coverage we get from the media, and I appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, we have a bunch of fans that do care. That is head coach Mike Houston, and that is this edition of the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll be back with you on the next episode. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.